It's podcast time, the podcast of the Red-Headed Preacher. I'm Richard Lanford. I have the privilege of serving as St. Peter's United Church of, the pastor of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. I thank you for finding this podcast and for tuning in. I hope you will find it enjoyable and meaningful and inspirational. This podcast was recorded on Sunday, April 3rd. There is a communion service as part of our worship, so the sermon becomes a homily, which for me means a shorter sermon. And the homily is called All In on God's New Thing. And the scriptures read by our lector, Annie Nortz, are from Isaiah 43, John 12, and Philippians chapter 3. And the next part of our podcast um, will be a brief prayer, if you will join me in the Spirit. Mysterious and sustaining God, maker of the universe and yet closer to us than our very breathing, we're grateful for the opportunity to spend this time listening to an exploration of your word as well as to the word itself. Bless this time to us so that we may be a blessing to you, build up our faith and our service so that we in turn may build up that of others around us to the glory of your name. Amen. And now here's Annie. Our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. In foretelling a new day for Israel, the prophet borrows images from the Exodus, as if there will be a second Exodus for the people. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. This sentence reading from Isaiah. The second reading is from the letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 3, from the second half of verse 4 through verse 14. The apostle talks about his pedigree and the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet, whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in death, if somehow I maintain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Jesus Christ. This ends the reading of the Epistle lesson. This morning it is John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Mary of Bethany does something amazing with the jar of perfume, and Jesus interprets what she did as pertaining to his impending death. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Here ends a reading from John and our scriptures for this morning's service. May God grant us a faithful and wise understanding of this, God's holy word. A pastor in the Reformed tradition, actually she's Presbyterian, she wrote that a great irony of ministering in it in the Reformed tradition, is that people rarely welcome change. That may not be a surprise, but think of it. The Reformed tradition, the very name of it, means it is the fruit of reformation and reforming, which means change. Those are the roots. She says change is, quote, at best tolerated and often fully resisted. The body may process threats, real or perceived, in ways that skip cognitive thinking and engage our survival reflexes. But change, she continues, is part of life. And history shows what can happen when we do not constructively embrace it. Violent xenophobia that has followed an influx of immigrants, resistance of the majority to various civil rights movements, or an attack on the US Capitol to stop Congress from certifying election results. We have a responsibility, she said, to appropriately interpret and respond to change, lest we miss the good that can come from it. You and I find this to be true in the scriptures we heard this morning. Each one 
is about a new thing God will do, has done, or is about to do for God's people. If we pay good attention to the stories and to what God probably wants us to get from them, I can believe that the Lord is calling us to be not resistant, but all in for God's new thing. In Isaiah 43, God tells his people in exile to stop holding on to the glory of the past demonstrations of God's power and look. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. One of the reasons Judah was taken into exile in Babylon was their unmitigated idolatry, breaking both the first and second commandments continually. Along with that, we know from the prophets that they were a people generally uncaring and unprotective of the poor and sick, the widows and orphans. This coldness was another reason God let them be taken into Babylon for discipline. God tells them that he is about to do a new thing, a new life-giving thing in the desert, and wants them to perceive it, to celebrate it, to enjoy its benefits when it arrives. For the Lord to beckon the exiles to this sounds like God wants them to be all in on this new thing. That's Isaiah. In John, Martha may have sensed that death was going to come to Jesus in Jerusalem, or she did what she did as an extravagant act of what, we, what, of what for us is exaggerated devotion and love. If she did have an understanding, including perhaps his resurrection, as Jesus himself did when he said, she's getting my body ready, she was surely all in on God's new thing in Christ. If it was the outpouring of love alone, it was still all in from Mary. In Sojourners, T. Denise Anderson wrote of today's gospel story, Mary of Bethany is a personal example of someone going in a radically different direction for the sake of something, someone greater. She knew, as Jesus elsewhere said, that something greater than Jonah, something greater than Solomon, greater than the temple was there. This was God's new thing wrought out of the cross and resurrection. And speaking out of that being wrought out of the cross and resurrection, elsewhere in that issue of sojourners, referring at first to Lent, she said, this journey, Lent, eventually leads us to the cross and later to resurrection. That's when we find the journey has just begun. We were made to seek God, to question, to be in tension with mystery, and to eventually find what we're looking for. And when we come into contact with God in whatever ways are possible, we realize we cannot serve this God as one would serve an idol. We cannot operate out of empty ritual or rote adherence to any custom. This God is not confined to our shrines, nor does God thrive. God thrive off our material gifts. What this God wants is more profound. Repentance, trust, and 
a complete reorientation of self, excuse me, a complete reorientation of heart from self and toward companionship with God, end quote. So that is a new thing, deriving, and it harkens back to the cross and resurrection, deriving from our choosing to be claimed by God's powerful love in the cross and resurrection. God longs for us to be all in on that, all in on God's new thing, a new thing in our deserts of doubt and despair, grief and suffering. A new thing God did in Jesus, pointed to by Mary, if not also Isaiah. Paul was living in this new thing. We learn, listening to Annie, that he indeed was all in on God's new thing. Paul found that his old reasons for pride compared to knowing Christ were rubbish. He wrote about the stuff he had, did, or inherited that would be reasons to be very pleased as an observant Jewish man, circumcised on the eighth day, according to the law, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, that's the tribe that gave Israel its first king, Saul, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, that means Paul spoke the original Hebrew language, not every Jewish person did anymore, as to the law, Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But after encountering Christ, he realized all that meant zilch. To be grasped by the new thing God wanted for his life, Paul had to leave that behind for something or someone far greater, far greater, knowing Jesus Christ. Compared to knowing Christ, those other things had negative value. He wrote, whatever gains I had, and he'd already listed them, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I, re be, more than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. Now, we cannot go into everything. It's a long passage with a lot in it. But one important phrase for Paul's new life is to know Christ. Well, what does this mean? Commentator Gordon Fee wrote helpfully, knowing Christ does not mean to have head knowledge about him, but to know him personally and relationally. It means to know him as a child and parent know each other, or wife and husband. Knowledge based on personal experience and intimate relationship, and thus to know Christ's character intimately. Paul went even deeper in our passage. It's clear to see that he was all in on God's new thing. Isaiah, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Mary certainly had was responding to the new thing. She perceived what was going on extravagantly so and Paul. So where are you and I in St. Peter's? Because we're, we're humans, we are all at different places and relating to God's new thing in Christ. I cannot go on much longer lest this become an early Easter message. I will ask, though, to do as God tells Israel and look ahead 
to perceive what new things within the good news God may have in store for us. We are over two years living with COVID-19 and its variants, and whether it is now an endemic or not, do not many of us realize the doing and being the church has changed since early 2020. We are less physically connected and gathered in worship than we were. We may not get back to where we were. We will continue live streaming, which is relatively new for us. The technology and YouTube allow us to do new things beyond that. Things that may reach new people if we get more creative and do other things with our talents online. Virtual Bible study beyond Lent, anyone? Jennifer Schneider attended a virtual presentation on the future of church technology. And she filed a report that is in the council marked Dropbox, and you can access it there to read it. One main thrust that she came back with is that digital is here to stay. And we uh, do not make full use of that at our peril. Do we not perceive it? Can some of us get all in on that new good news thing for the benefit of Christ's church? It may not be my gift to know all about that stuff, but it may be others' gifts to get all in on this whole digital world. And I'm thinking of a new thing. We are rebooting here on Saturday, June 4th our outreach open house. We're inviting our community and our mission partners to meet together and with, to, for the neighbors and our mission partners, to meet together here and find out about each other here, sort of like a mission fair, so that those around us who want to find out where and how they might help can find an answer, a place to plug in in some of our mission partners, vice versa in building connections, and it will reflect on this church's long-standing emphasis in missions. New things can happen as a result of this new thing that we're planning on doing and shall do. And when council discussed this for the first time last year, I've told others that I've never seen our council get so excited. We seem to be all in on that, and I encourage all of us to do what we can for its success. It's not exactly pouring expensive perfume on Jesus' feet and wiping it with our hair. But it is one visible way, and only one visible way, for St. Peter's can be to show it is all in for God's new things that God is doing for us and through us. And that's good news. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Red-Headed Preacher Podcast. I, um, I found this writing this particular sermon a, a bit energizing. It was a, a bit of a different approach, but not that different. Um, a little more of the style of preaching that follows the pattern of it's a long taxi on the runway and then the takeoff at the end. Um, which is one way of uh, preaching uh, and writing a sermon, I should say. So thank you again for listening. I hope you found the message enlightening, challenging, helpful. And I ask uh, the Lord that God may bless your week. Amen.
Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much 